Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. If we haven't met or you're unfamiliar with this podcast, hi, I'm Amy Lynch and I've been bringing my kids into business settings since becoming a parent in 2016 and becoming an accidental activist along the way. This podcast contains a mixture of solo and interview guests mini episodes focused on all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. Season 4 is rolling out and has been sponsored by the Startup Community Empowerment Fund, which is presented by Startup Canada, MasterCard, UPS, and BDC. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review online. It helps other parents find the podcast. Hello, hello, it's Amy Lynch here. If you don't know my background, I'm the founder and podcast host at Mixing Babies in Business, and I have three kids under the age of seven whom I've been bringing into business settings since becoming a parent in 2016. I'm going to be sharing a bonus mini episode today where I outline my experiences creating parent-friendly business events and give you some tips for hosting your own. This has been requested and I just really wanted to create something that you could experiment with and hopefully share with others to inspire them. Let's get into it. I have been fighting this cold for the last two weeks. I've delayed recording this and I just have come to terms with the fact that I don't know when a better time will be to record this, especially leading up to the holidays. I have some information that I think is important to share. I've been getting more and more requests for advice and brain picking on this topic. So these are going to be some budget-friendly considerations and ideas that you should be touching on anyways when you're going through your logistics. But I'll also be be layering the parent-friendly considerations over top. And for more detailed information like room setup scenarios, supplies, run sheets, checklists, or sample communications or templates for your event planning, I am creating a DIY event management package because I get requests for this. I just really want to have something to send to you so that you can work through it on your own. Okay, I'm going to start with the fact that I have been getting requests from organizations and because my work touches on gender equality and workforce participation, they're approaching me for advice or tips on how to plan an event that's more parent-friendly or inviting or welcoming for parents who want to bring their kids. So this can range from offering pop-up childcare through to just designing the space and things that they should think about whenever they're preparing their event. But the big thing that I've noticed with this is they usually want to know about this stuff for free. I really believe that if you want to create a parent-friendly event, you should be thinking of that from day one. Oftentimes, I get approached in the final weeks or month before the event is ready to be hosted. However, the event itself could have been advertised for months in advance if there's an early bird ticketing price that's often promoted months in advance. If it's in a venue that's a conference space, there's logistics involved, sponsors involved. All of those conversations have taken place months, sometimes years in advance if you're booking a very popular venue. People pay for catering. They pay for graphic design, freight, tech, and audiovisual support. They sometimes pay guest speakers or keynote speakers for the collateral that goes in swag bags. Why wouldn't you consider paying for something that makes attendees feel more included and have a better overall event experience? 
when you're willing to pay for all of those other things which also add to the event experience. I also believe that if you're thinking about these things as part of being incorporated into your overall event planning budget, it will then also force you to plan for the experience more well in advance and communicate it to potential attendees and delegates or guest speakers, sponsors, partners, whomever is collaborating with you on this event experience in order to either seek more support and awareness, but also potentially to help finance the ability to host something like this. I really believe that you should consider allocating budget to the things which you view to be important to your attendees' overall experience. But I do understand this is early days. People are just starting to become more aware of this being maybe not a must-have for their attendees, but a nice-to-have and something that might attract a different target audience than what they currently have. But they may also not be entirely comfortable pitching it or organizing it themselves, and your overall event budget may be limited. So I understand that those might be factors. But if you can listen to this episode and get some ideas, it might help you make the pitch to your colleagues or to your collaborators as you prepare to host your next event experience. I also understand that the events, hospitality, travel, and tourism industries have been through a difficult time over the past few years, and that childcare may have been deemed an essential service, but it doesn't always mean that people have access to it or can afford it. I really want people to, when you're listening to this, to consider caregivers as part of your overall network and target audience for your events and what the demographics look like when you host things. Are they represented there? Do you see caregivers and parents in your audience? Are they part of your organization's employees? Are they represented in the attendees who participate in your events and experiences? And if not, it may not be because they aren't interested and don't want to attend. It could be because they don't think that they can attend or that they don't think that they're allowed to be there, that they might disrupt your event experience. They may not know anyone else showing up with their kids or trying to navigate that. You might need to make it clear that they are welcome. You need to invite them. You need to open the door, share the experience that you're creating, the boundaries that you've set, the parameters you've set, the facilities that you have, and let it be known that they are welcome to show up as they are and that you will accommodate them, that they can decide if they would like to participate and bring their kids. But if you don't communicate that in advance, they might not even be aware that they can think about coming. So I feel like that's number one, that you need to firstly decide what kind of experience you're creating and then tell people about it. And that requires advanced planning and consideration. So please do not contact me the week of your event to say that you're thinking about this. Um, What can I do? If you're listening to this episode right now, it will have all the information you can do at the last minute, bare minimum. But for more in-depth planning, I really believe you're going to have to think about that more than a couple weeks out. And if you're not really willing to examine these aspects of your event planning and hosting experience, I would ask you why, firstly, I would ask you why you aren't considering caregivers as part of your audience. And also, I would get you to think about what you might be missing out on in terms of ignoring this large potential audience altogether. I really want you to consider the timing and technology
technology involved in your events. So are you asking guests to trade their family time for early morning or late evening events? What flexible solutions can enable remote participation? So we've seen a lot of remote events, online events, now hybrid events becoming more standard. But how are you building that into your overall event plan? And what kind of considerations will you have for people who may want to participate from home, especially if your venue doesn't have easy access to public transit or parking and isn't very accessible, which is a whole other area to talk about. So think about timing and technology as a core area of your event planning. How are you going to enable different types of participation? Next, I would say in terms of budget-friendly considerations would be the friendly atmosphere that you're going to create. So the overall customer, client, delegate experience. It takes preparation, patience, and oftentimes a lot of courage for people to venture into a corporate space with their kids or with a baby. Smiles are free to give and are always welcome. It can really make a huge difference for someone coming into a venue and feeling like they belong there and that they're happy to stay there or looking to make the first exit that they can after there's a break. Next up, I would think about the need for guests to feed their dependents. Can they easily heat up baby food or formula at the venue? And do you have a private or comfortable space for nursing parents to use if requested? A lot of shopping centers, for example, will have a rest area where there's comfortable seating and baby change tables and a private area where you can feed your child. And more modern conference centers and event spaces will just have accessible washrooms with change tables already. But I think if you're planning to host an event in a venue that is a bit different or unique, then these are things that you might need to plan for or organize yourself, including rental or purchase of furnishings. Leading into that, baby change tables. I always ask if a venue is accessible and has washrooms that have a baby change table or if there's signage for where you can find those in the building. And as mentioned, depending on the the age of the building or the type of venue that you have, you might need to provide that yourself if it's not already built in to the venue. And lastly, a consideration would be offering on-site childcare or a dedicated space. One example I recently received Received from a remote community I'm part of, of an organization hosting events and experiences in person for remote employees is they will cover the cost of childcare for a caregiver to attend in person with their baby or their toddler and to have a support person with them. So whether that is a partner, a family member, someone that they have had to hire in order to be able to participate if they choose to participate in the in-person retreat experience because they understand that the person may not be able to leave their child at home and fly to a new destination in order to connect in person with their remote team. So I don't believe it's essential for you to provide on-site child care, but if you're looking to have guest speakers or attendees who are also primary caregivers represented at your conference or your event or in your business space, you need to understand just how scarce flexible child care can be. Even though child care may be offered where your attendees live, they may be on a waiting list or they might not be able to secure it at a moment's notice. So offering it as an option, simply serving people 
to see if it's something that they would use. Offering a stipend or a coverage for those who are traveling can make a huge difference. So in addition to that anecdote that I gave you about the remote employee attending an in-person retreat, you can also listen back to my previous interview with Devin Fiddler, who I spoke to in episodes 19, 20, and 21. And she was previously a facilitator and guest speaker at an event I attended when her child was, I believe he was six months old, but they offered childcare on site for her because she had to travel across the country in order to attend the event and be present. And she brought him with her. So he was looked after on site in the same building so that she could do the facilitation for the workshop. I would also encourage you to listen back to episodes five, six, and seven, where I interviewed Tanya Hales, who has experienced being told that she can bring her son to an event or a networking event, but has also said that you don't know what that does to her. She's not able to fully be present. She can't participate. She has to worry about his needs instead of being able to focus on her own experience at the event. So if there isn't pop-up childcare offered, parents might not want to attend that event because it then becomes a compromise between what you're doing for your child versus what your objectives are for even attending in the first place. Frankie Tortora, I interviewed her in episodes two, three, and four. She runs a community of uh, freelance parents. She talks about hosting her meetups, which are very well attended because they are designed at a time which makes sense for parents who are either doing the school drop-off or are looking after their kids full-time at home while working around them. And really, all of the guests that I've interviewed, we openly talk about bringing kids into business settings, working from home around their kids, and what their experiences have been over the past few years. You can visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com forward slash host, H-O-S-T. You'll be able to sign up for more information about the DIY event management kit, but also to receive more information about hosting your very own Mixing Babies and Business meetups in your community. I just want to cover some of the basics of the venues that I've hosted in. When I go into them, I want to check that they're accessible. You can bring a stroller into the building. There is an elevator or a ramp, baby change tables on site. I bring a lot of the supplies myself in terms of catering and room setup and toys, as well as sanitization. But I also encourage parents, the attendees, to pack certain things as well. Uh, So I'm very clear on what's included, what's not included. I communicate a lot in advance with attendees of what they can expect and how to locate the venue. I try to make it very clear that they're welcome to come as they are. There's no dress code. They're welcome to bring their kids with them. There's signage in the venue for the actual event itself so that they can easily navigate the venue. I don't ask them to print off their tickets because if you're bringing kids with you, your hands are already full. You're trying to get from the parking lot or the transit station into the building. I don't want them to be worrying about ticketing. I also look at does the venue have easy parking and transit access nearby. I feed people, I provide food and drinks that are parent and child friendly and easy to eat and easy to snack on. I'm really focusing on food that is easy to grab and go and they can bring with them if they want. I look at the timing of the event in terms of after school drop off and before nap time, trying to do that kind of 
middle of the morning, middle of the day time slots so that they're not in rush hour traffic. I do a format that is kind of based on what's standard at professional development events, but I compress it a lot. So I stay away from one hour panels and having too many guests on a panel, which can really extend the time of the talk or a lot of slides from guest speakers that add up to over 30 minutes of someone just talking at you instead of with you. I really try to encourage the speakers to network with the parents before and after and to take one-on-one questions and to have a good Q&A period because I really want people to feel like they've come all this way, brought their kids with them, they've left the house, hurrah, they've made it there at whatever time they can get in and they've gotten great value for putting all that effort in and for showing up as they are. I honestly have to say that the events that I brought my kids to over the years which were not kid-friendly, it didn't really matter to me that they weren't designed for me specifically because nobody kicked me out of the room. and nobody kicked me out of the building. But also a lot of people came up to me during the experiences and would offer me a a chair or to get me a coffee or just simply smile and talk to me, ask what my business was, try to engage with whichever baby I had with me at the time. I really feel like that warm and welcoming environment. And, And a lot of the time it was someone who worked for the company or for the event host would come up to me specifically and ask if I needed anything or they would just say, thank you so much for coming or thanks for being here. I'm so glad you could make it. You just have no idea what impact that has on someone who's been up for the last four or five hours and it's only nine or 10 a.m. and they managed to make it to your event because they just want to talk to another adult or hear about a specific topic that might help them in their business. Meet some people. A lot of people who come to my events are newcomers to the city I live in or newcomers to Canada and they're trying to grow their network here. People are trying to make connections and as an event planner and event host. It should be your goal to try to facilitate that in the most enjoyable and easy way possible. That's all I have for now. I really wanted to address this growing need for creating event experiences that accommodate parents or at least acknowledge that primary caregivers may have different considerations to participating in real life in-person events but also online events as well because the timing can still be an issue in the format and the length of the speaker session and how things are shared afterwards, whether they're even shared at all as recordings can really impact how people feel about your event experience and what takeaways they can get. So thank you for tuning into this bonus episode about hosting parent-friendly events for the caregivers in your professional networks. And as I've said, for more detailed information, you can email me at mixingbabiesinbusiness.com forward slash host, H-O-S-T, depending on the event type and size and the outcomes that you want to have, you might require different room setup scenarios or run sheets or checklists for planning that event in advance, as well as sample communications to make sure people are aware that you're even hosting it and that it is parent friendly and people are welcome to show up as they are. So if you enjoyed this episode, as always, please share it with your network and leave a review. It does help other parents find the podcast and you want to encourage other people in your network to host more parent-friendly events and business experiences that you'll also share it with them too. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next and final episode of season four, where I'll do a recap of my interviews as well as what's coming next for mixing babies in business. Take care.
check out her work at koyaproductions.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. Connect with me online and access your parent-friendly, entrepreneurship, flexible, and remote work resources at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.